that actually happened uh, to my neighbors. Not that it was risen up, um, uh-huh. but the the bottom of their water heater rusted out. Oh my god! Um, and we only discovered it because our hallway got wet, <laughs> like it was squishy, and we we didn't know why. Oh my god! And we went to our apartment manager and was like, uh, "Our floor is squishy," and he's like, "Oh," because uh, he knew what had happened because he had obviously fixed it. Uh, and they brought in some folks to they brought in some fans to like clean or to dry it out right because the whole thing had rusted out and just dumped the whatever 80 plus gallons of water into the floor that's terrifying yeah um although they put in the fans poorly and so our carpet didn't dry out and like three days later we were like it's still not dry and he came and looked at it and he goes oh so they're supposed to have ripped up the carpet and put the fans under it <laughs> and they just didn't and our apartment manager is an amazing guy like i love him he's one of the reasons we've stayed where we have for so long he just straight up right then and there ripped up our carpet and put the oh. fans under it. Like, not going to wait for maintenance to fix the thing. He's like, no, I'm just fixing this right now. And they dried out in about a day. That's funny. Um, I Speaking of water spilling everywhere, yeah. Um, I was replacing a water bottle in the water dispenser in the break room at mm-hmm. work. Yeah. Big, big old five gallon yep. water cooler style. Yep. Uh, which I'm, which I do a lot. Yeah. And I have no problem with it. Mm-hmm. I'm very good at it. Good. Like, very little water gets anywhere. It's mm-hmm. never a problem anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, except this time, drag the bottle over, undo the the the, the top the cap. Yeah. And I lift it up. And about a gallon of water falls out the bottom because there was a crack in it. Oh, no. So it's been just sitting on the floor for days. Yeah. And there, I, the crack had been there but had been not, like, the water pressure wasn't enough to, like, to push out because to, to yeah. it's right up against the floor and the cap was still sealed. So there was no air release. Right. So I release... I, you know, I give, it, I give it the airflow <laughs> by taking the cap off, and then I lift it up and the weight and the crack, and I just. <laughs> and so, what do I do? I have no cap on the other end. Uh-huh. It's in the bottom of a trash can. Yeah. So I, in a panic, I just put it on the water cooler. Okay, that makes sense to me. Made sense to me, too, except that doesn't work. Because when there's a crack in the top, the air goes you through. You have airflow, so the water doesn't stop <laughs> flowing out of the bottom. Because in a normally functioning vacuum, in a yeah. normally functioning water cooler, pushing the little lever allows well, air to go in, which releases water. But now I have a crack in the top, and so the water. I put it in, and then half a second later, there's water spraying out from under the bottle. And I lose, like, another gallon of water. And luckily, I'm in the state of panic where I make correct decisions, and I just grab it as quickly as I can, and I put my hand on the crack, uh-huh. and I just run out of the, the back. out of the break room, and I bring it outside, and I just let, let, it, go. let it dump out. And then I go back in, and I have a couple gallons of water to clean up by soaking it up with paper towels. <laughs> this was first thing in the morning, too. Yeah. Like, I, I go to work. I go over to the break room. I clean stuff up. And I'm like, oh, I need to replace the water. I do that. I spend from 7.45 to like 8.30 <laughs> mopping. It takes a lot of paper towels to soak up a couple gallons of water. An enormous amount of paper towels. <laughs> yeah. I did something similar. Uh-huh. Uh, not to the same extent recently. 
Amy drinks out of out of Nalgene water bottles, and she drinks uh-huh. constantly. And she has a big wide mouth, standard Nalgene, you know, yep. one liter size. Um, she was on the couch, had a cat on her, and so I, she's like, "Can you fill up my water bottle?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And we have a filter pitcher, kind of like you do. Uh-huh. And so I fill up the water bottle from the pitcher, I put it on the counter, and then I go to refill the pitcher. Right. Um, and I refill it, and I turn to put it back on the counter. And I knock over the Nalgene full of water, which is completely open, and just dump the entire thing on the floor. Yep. Yeah, water's bad. Yeah. It'll kill you. I like Nalgene bottles. I started using Nalgene bottles because back in the day they were indestructible mm-hmm. which is how they got their reputation as being good water bottles yeah. by outdoorsy i threw one down a people. mountain right you can throw it down a mountain you can hit it with a sledgehammer mm-hmm. they won't break you cannot shoot it with 50 50 caliber rifle okay black powder it's i know because we did it <laughs> <laughs> still pretty good yeah. yeah um and then uh everyone in the world decided to freak out about bpa mm-hmm. uh killing babies mm-hmm. which is all bullshit. The BPA scare is not a real thing. Okay. Uh, and now all their water bottles are weak and bad. I, I feel like now jeans were always BPA free. Nope. They had to hop right on that before they went bankrupt and people stopped buying and boycotted. People like boycotted their bottles because they were, had BPA in them. Really? Yeah. And their new chemical, the new plastic mixture has no BPA and it's way worse. But I still buy them because they're convenient water bottles, huh. even though they're not as indestructible anymore. Apparently, like, the B- thing pe- everyone replaced BPA with was just less sturdy. Yeah, like, you can't, make, you can't make plastic as strong that way. But also, now people are realizing that the incredibly, incredibly minor health effects that it does have are the same in whatever they, everyone replaced BPA with. Huh. So, fun fact... Nothing actually changed about the plastics that you that's, that's interesting. store your waters in. Well, I know a lot of people I know switch to stainless steel water bottles. There are no plastics at all. Yeah, but it makes your water taste weird. Yeah. I use a, uh, I got, so you know that Yeti. I'm very aware. You're very aware of Yeti of tumblers. all the fun Austin bros yeah. who love Yeti water bottles am, and coolers. I'm not one of those people. But you own Yeti products. I do not own Yeti oh, products. okay. So, um, I know some people who are very, very fond of their Yetis and love to tell me about it. Yeah, they love to talk about their Yetis. They do. And, like, I looked at it, it's like it's a vacuum-sealed tumbler. Yeah. Like a vacuum-insulated tumbler. You know, a thermos. Like, like that has existed for decades. Without, without even a vacuum-insulated or sealable cap. Yes. Yes. Which, which makes me go, eh? What's the point? Eh? You put a little plastic cap on top if you want, but that's not. There's no protection there at all. None whatsoever. Um, I, have, I have strong feelings of dismissal towards Yeti. Yeah, products. I'm not. I'm not a fan. Uh, but I. I like the idea of keeping a beverage cold for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. I'm down with that idea. Yeah. Uh, and so when Yetis were getting popular, I started looking at like thermoses because mm-hmm. I'm like, I know a thermos will do that because that's how thermoses work. Right. Uh, that's. Like and I was wondering like thermos has got to have made like a drinkable cup at some point in yeah. time and they have bros can't use thermoses though no not cool enough no although like bros drink BPA or not BPA <laughs> <laughs> PBA <laughs> Pabst Blue Ribbon PBR there we go uh, which is 
to me, in my mind, in the same family of like things as like thermoses, like they're retro cool. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, <laughs> but Yeti beat them to it because they made it like sexy, right? Somehow, I don't know how it's sexy. Uh, so there's there's a website called Meh dot com. M e h. I'm aware. Yeah, I love Meh. Yeah, Meh's good. Uh, they're what you, they're literally made by the guy who started Woot and then sold it to Amazon and then quit Amazon and started, and started the Meh. Yeah, uh, which is fantastic. I love it. Uh, so. Here's how, how Meh works in my life. And this is how Woot worked before this. Uh-huh. Uh, when Woot was just a one-day sale thing. Mm-hmm. Was, I don't often buy things from, from Meh. But when I do buy things, it's because I stayed up till 11 and have been drinking. <laughs> 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 and I check it out and say, yeah, I'm going to buy that. You need that thing. And so a few weeks ago, a month or two ago, uh, they had a, uh, it was 11 a.m., I'd had a few beers, uh-huh. and their product came up, and it was two for Tuesdays, which is always great, because you get two of the thing. Sure. Uh, and they had these 24-ounce vacuum-sealed tumblers. Nice. Uh, from a band called Bubba, is okay. the name of the brand. And I wasn't familiar with it, but they looked like a nice tumbler, and they get, and they you know, always have humorous copy. And right. in this case, they also had a humorous video. They're like, Med does a scientific study of various coolers or various tumblers. And so they put ice and water, I think, I, or at least ice, in a variety of tumblers, including the Yeti uh-huh. and including the Bubba tumbler, and then put them out on a hot Texas table for eight hours, like outside. Right. Um, and all of the tumblers were terrible. The Yeti had like a little bit of ice in the bottom when it was done. And the bubble was, like, still 40% ice. Oh, wow. And I'm like, oh, cool. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't I don't ever – I don't visit Meh regularly. Uh, I don't think I've ever bought anything from there. But, like, that they – it's the perfect website for when it's 11 p.m. and you've had a little bit too much to drink. Mm-hmm. And you will just buy it. Uh-huh. Like, it's – I'm, I'm very much – I like to think of myself as the shopper who is careful and considered, yeah. and weighs options and researches, and yeah. uh, you know makes purchases after a you know a very careful process. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the opposite of what Meh yeah. wants you to be. You just see a thing and you go, yeah, and you buy it, and mm-hmm. that really helps when you. Or you click the Meh button because there's a, there's a button that says buy it, right? Or Meh if you're like Meh. Um, this is gonna get this is gonna get incredibly meta because I'm gonna talk about a different podcast. On our podcast, whoa! Um, is it part of the the Kevin Saunders podcast network? It is not because I have two other podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> have you officially started a network? Uh, unofficially, it's in my mind. Ooh, you got to come up with a name for the network yeah. now. Uh, um, I used to have a, a ooh, comic industry, but that's another story. Uh, call your network Meh Podcasts and see if they sue. They will. <laughs> they will sue. <laughs> um, so uh, Meh is a podcast sponsor. Uh, and if Matt would like to sponsor our show, they're we welcome to it. Gladly accept your money. Um, they sponsored a their regular sponsor on a show called the Talk Show. Okay, uh, which is a show by John Gruber who writes during Fireball. It's a show about Apple stuff. Okay, it's a good tech show. I recommend it. Uh, he normally has like three or four different sponsors mm-hmm. throughout the show. Right, the show is like a, yeah, they get you know an, an opening credit, a mid roll, an end roll, right. whatever. Um, so he does a first sponsor yeah. read and it's meh. And yeah. he does a second sponsor read and it's meh. And he does a third sponsor read 
and you're like, okay, we get it now. It's Matt. Matt bought every single sponsor read. Yeah. And then when you're doing the fourth one, it's like two hours into the show. And he's playing it up as if, like, it's going to be a different one yeah. each time. Uh, he's like, all right, we're going to take a quick break for our next sponsor. Uh, you know, when he normally introduces sponsors, he's like, you know, we really like these guys. They sponsor for a while, blah, blah, blah. He goes, we're taking a break for our next sponsor. And uh, you know what? Honestly, fuck these guys. <laughs> <laughs> Med.com, and then continues on. <laughs> but that's also, like, so in line with their brand. That's exactly what they wanted, because, like, <laughs> like that had such an impact on me that I'm, like, now talking about a sponsor read on a podcast I listen yeah. to on the podcast <laughs> that I host. Like, and they didn't, that, like, he was not reading copy. Yeah, like, yeah. That, that was, was just That was literally, response. like, he had copy to read, and he was literally like, you know what? Fuck these guys. I can't believe they're making me read the same read four times in a show. Fuck them perfect yeah really good um <laughs> uh speaking of uh purchasing things mm -hmm. consumerism i hope uh you and your family had a really wonderful and happy prime day <laughs> oh prime is prime day is so terrible <laughs> do, do you did you do you take advantage of prime day at all um i looked i looked uh so i looked for two things uh -huh. when prime day was going on i looked for board games Okay. Because I like board games. Right. And I look for DVDs because I'm, I'm a nascent DVD collector. Um, you're going to regret all of your DVD collection at one point. Oh, I, I do already. <laughs> but you're continuing it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, I've, I've moved it twice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I, when you're no longer able to play them. I don't play them now. Oh, okay. I don't understand. I don't know the last time I put a DVD in my Blu-ray player. You just like owning them anyway? A little bit. Honestly, like my what I will probably do one day is uh, put them in like a, a storage binder, uh -huh. like take them out of the boxes, collapse them down. Yeah, keep keep all the the cover art because there's binders where you can put the cover art and any back matter right, and all right. that sort of stuff. And like put them in a in a collection and have them still as a unit. You should just but toss the boxes. You should just rip them from handbrake and throw them all away. <laughs> <laughs> That's an option, but I don't want to do that. Okay. But yes, I could do that. Sure. Uh, but where was I going with this story? Uh, Prime Day. Oh yeah, Prime Day. Yeah. So I looked for I looked for DVDs <laughs> and board games, uh, which were the two things I looked for. Did you get anything? No. Yeah. Uh, there was one DVD that I almost bought, and there was a board game that I almost bought, but the deal wasn't actually very good. Yeah. Like I like the board game was. That's the secret, everybody. Prime Day aren't actually like real deals. No, they just label stuff with Prime Day and make you like, buy more of it. I like there was a there's a board game called Escape from Atlantis, which has been on my list for a while. Like I'd like to play it. I'd like to buy it. Uh huh. Uh, and it went on sale for twenty percent off. Okay. But not twenty percent off Amazon's normal price. Twenty percent off from full price. Right. That's the thing. All the discounts are from MSRP. And I'm like, but Amazon, you probably sell that for like 15% off 90% of the time anyway. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't buy it. Yeah. There was a DVD I wanted that I think was out of stock by the time I found it. Yeah. Um, I think Prime Day is disgusting. Yeah. And like, I'm, I like Amazon mm -hmm. moderately. Yeah. Like, I'm an Amazon Prime subscriber. Mm -hmm. Amazon. We, we've I, talked about Amazon Prime now on this show. Yeah. Like, I use, we have, I use Amazon all the time. Yeah. Uh, I think turning a Turning Prime Day into like a holiday type of feel mm -hmm. is gross. Well, they're they're going after the Alibaba market, right? So Alibaba has a holiday. 
Oh, really? Yeah. It's either it's either November 11th or January 11th. It's uh-huh. all ones. That, like, that's the thing. Okay. Um, and it is huge. Not in the U.S. In China, yeah. where Alibaba is. Uh, and that's what they're trying to replicate, I think, is trying to sense. get something to that level. Now, what they've made it into is Amazon's terrible garage sale. And it's like it's a farce. Yeah. Like it, it Prime Day feel like everybody who I see on the internet is just joking about how dumb Prime Day is. I also work for a company that has Prime as part of its name. Oh, right. Uh, which uh, is weird. because you, you guys should celebrate a parallel Prime Day. Well, it came up. <laughs> <laughs> like someone's like, hey, Prime Day's coming. What are we going to do? Just piggyback right onto Amazon's <laughs> holiday. Uh, which and so like we say Prime, like hundreds of time a, times a day. That's right. what we call our product is Prime. Right. right. Uh, and so it's super weird. Like oh yeah, Amazon Prime. Like that's what they're talking about. They say Prime Day. Yeah, I guess like when someone says the word Prime to me, my first thought is the kind of number. My second thought is Amazon. Yeah. But for you, Prime, your first thought is going to be it's your my company. Job. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Oh, I hate Prime Day. It's That's like fair. it's like um, you know when uh, Valentine's Day and Mother's Day and Father's mm-hmm. Day when people talk about these holidays, cynical people yeah. they're like, oh, they're just invented by the corporation corporations Hallmark. to make Hallmark. money, which is what literally everything in the world is. Like literally everything <laughs> in the world is a capitalism. thing invented by a corporation to make money. It's like it's not a great way to dismiss something. Yeah. But there, you can feel how something in that is bad. Mm-hmm. Like you're told to celebrate a thing because a company yeah. invented a thing. Cinco de Mayo is like that particularly. <laughs> that No, like that one was like documented made by beer companies. Cinco de Mayo isn't a genuine Mexican holiday? It's not? No. Okay. Did you not know that? I did not know that. No. So when you are in Nobody Mexico, in Mexico celebrates Cinco de Mayo. It's completely American? Yes. I thought there was something... About Mexican history related to Cinco de Mayo. There was a battle. Weird. Wow. The sh- shades are falling <laughs> from my eyes. Um, it was made, I think, specifically to sell more Mexican-style beer. Wow. Because that that brand, like, I mean, there's actual Mexican beers like Dos Equis sure. and things like that. But, like, the, the companies that had, like, beers in the style of that, like Corona, I don't think is an actual Mexican beer. Right. Um, they they wanted to boost the sales of those beers. So they invented a holiday. They invented a holiday that's now celebrated by racists America <laughs> over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amen. Um, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm, I have so many tangents to go on right now. Um, but to sum up my thought, mm-hmm. uh, Prime Day is bad because, like, a long time ago, some corporation invented Mother's Day to sell cards, yeah. right? But I wasn't around when that happened. That's true. For me, Mother's Day is just a thing that exists, and it's a time when I celebrate my mother, and yeah. it's great. Yeah. Uh, maybe in like a hundred years, Prime Day will be a, like a real thing, <laughs> and like, oh my god, I hope not. But like right now, we're at the birth of what could potentially be a corporate manufactured holiday. Yeah. Um. Year two. Which is exactly what Black Friday is. It's the same exact thing. Well, yeah, they're just trying to get Black Friday levels in the middle of July. Right. Um, But Black Friday doesn't have a centralization to it. No. Um, It's not go spend your money at Amazon Black Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
But yeah, like that's I think that's why it feels so bad. Well, once Amazon takes over all retail, that'll definitely happen. Can't wait. <laughs> um, when uh, when you mentioned Cinco de Mayo, yeah, uh, and racists everywhere celebrating it. Yeah. Uh, do you remember? Do you remember Donald Trump's tweet from Cinco de Mayo? <laughs> <laughs> the Taco Bowl. Yeah. Mexicans love me. Everything about that tweet was incorrect. Yeah. Mexicans do not love him. No. Um, the Taco Bowls at his Every Trump Tower place. Was it, are, was it Trump Tower or was it Mar-a-Lago? Trump Tower, I think. Okay. They are not the best Taco Bowls. No? Um, I'm saying that with no evidence, but I'm confident. <laughs> You're confident that uh, they're not the best Taco um, Bowls. Taco Bowls are not Mexican. No. I'm sure Mexican people did not make that Taco Bowl. I don't know, maybe. They could have. I would be surprised if they did, given Trump's... I guess... He, no, never mind. Trump's... You know Trump, he hires Trump illegal probably immigrants. probably very unfairly hires uh, and exploits Mexicans. I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, probably very likely made by a Mexican, which is ironic because it is not a Mexican food. Yeah. Um, or a different you know, group that he's taking advantage of. Yeah, sure. He's taking advantage of somebody. He's certainly... Whoever made that is definitely being taken advantage of. <laughs> that we know is true. Oh, what a dumpster fire. No, I mean, we should talk about politics. Because the, the world has uh, turned into... I feel like since we last recorded, yeah, the world has catastrophically turned into even more of a dumpster fire than it was before. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I don't... I don't want to say more of a dumpster fire more apparently a dumpster fire it's still definitely a dumpster fire and when i say the world i mean america yeah you mean the u.s politic scene political scene well i remember so i remember we recorded last yeah and then i remember the orlando shooting happening and being like oh wow that was terrible yeah like maybe kevin and i could talk about that and then but like now think about how long ago yeah and distant that feels like months it was like a month, a little, it was like more than a month a ago. More than a month ago, yeah. Even if that was the only thing that happened, like, if that was the only thing that happened, it would have felt fairly close yeah. still. But like... Just everything happened between Everything horrible has happened. Everything. Oh, oh not just America, because then br- the whole Brexit thing happened. Oh, yeah, Brexit, uh, the, the failed coup in Turkey. That was amazing. In a terrible way. In a terrible way, yeah. yeah. Like, I was... Uh, you were amazed. I was, yes. Um, I was alerted to that very early via twitter yeah and i uh, was was given a, a list of people in turkey like uh, like western media mm-hmm. who were in turkey oh, when wow. that was happening and i was following them on twitter yeah. while it was going on that was and then that's why i said amazing like it was yeah. an amazing experience because like i started following it like five minutes after it happened oh, wow. like after like yeah, the military the initial... started rolling into the city so bizarre yeah and then now apparently like Nothing happened. We've and moved now, on. And now the president is just going to fire a bunch of people or something? I guess. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not well-versed in international politics. Neither am I. But it was a wild thing to watch happen. Yeah. Uh, and then all the uh, latest highlights of uh, police killing black people. Yeah. Did you a, see the one today? The one who was shot but yeah, not, not killed. killed. Why did you shoot me? I don't know. Oh. Like, that was the... Uh, I didn't yeah. watch the video because... I can't. I can't watch these videos anymore. Yeah, I didn't watch the video either. I watched the videos for... Um, uh, now I'm going to be a bad person. Forget the names. Uh, Alton... 
something not alton brown no i know um, i know which one you're talking about the two that were like back to back yeah it was like one day after the other yeah which which caused the most of the the upset yeah i didn't watch those either i, I can't I, I watched those and they were very bad i, I not have. i can't watch videos of people being shot like i can't do it anymore if you if you asked me when i was if you asked me 10 years ago mm-hmm. if I thought, like, actually watching real people die would be a thing that happens to me regularly, like... I, That's insane, yeah. Like, but now, with... It's there. And it's only because there's more cameras in the world. Yes. We're just recording it more. Yes. It is now a, not an uncommon thing for me to jo- watch a video of someone dying on the internet. Yeah. Because a police person shot them. Yeah. But like the last the last month and a half, two months has just been like one catastrophe after the other. It has, it has. It's it's been terrible. Culminating in what is sadly a horrible distraction of the uh, Republican convention. Yeah, where which has also got a lot of terrible things happening at it. There's terrible things happening, but for the most part, I consider it like a sideshow to the fact that like Trump is just slowly acclimating everybody to his brand of craziness and yeah. when he becomes president he's just gonna kill everyone yeah the only thing that gave me any any hope there was the story that came out from the Kasich staffer did you hear this it was in the new york times i think about him being offered the vp yeah yeah um and so so apparently donald trump jr called the Kasich campaign uh, right before he dropped out and asked if he wanted to be the vp nominee um, and it was phrased, do, does he want to be the most powerful vice president in American history? And the question was like, well, what, what do you mean by that? And it's yeah. like, well, uh, the plan is to have the vice president in charge of all domestic and foreign affairs. Which is what the president does. Everything. It's like <clears throat> once you have domestic and foreign affairs covered, there's no other. Trump will remain in control of intergalactic Intergalactic affairs, affairs yeah. Um, Which is also frightening. <laughs> And the question was asked, like, what is, what's Trump going to do? Well, he'll be busy making America great again, was the answer. Of course. What else does he do? Um, I'm curious. Why does that give you hope? That's terrifying. Well, so Mike Pence is the kind of terrible Republican leader I could probably live with. Okay. Because he's terrible in almost all ways. Uh, yeah, but he disagrees with Trump on a lot of things. So you think if Mike Pence got the same deal, where Pence will be yeah. in charge the of the shadow government, foreign and domestic affairs? Yeah, like, like he'll still be a disaster. But like, what's like? I, I guess he's better than Trump. Yeah, like, is that what you mean? That's what I mean. He's just he's just better than Trump. But like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, saying someone's better than Trump, or saying Pence is better than Trump, or even like. During the primaries, like, yeah. like Cruz was better than Trump, yeah. Like which they are, but that's like saying, like Pence is a Pence is a he's a trash can fire instead Pence, of a dumpster fire. Pence is Pence is like a wild, uh, like a wild mountain lion on the loose, <laughs> and Trump is a wild mountain on the loose with rabies. Yeah. Right? Like, they're both going to kill you, but, like, you're more, like... The one with the rabies will do slightly more damage. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's not even a good analogy. It's, like, 
No, that's not a good analogy because I think Pence can do horrible, horrible things. Yeah. And all of his I policies. I think he can. I think you're right. All of his policies and ideas are horrible. But yeah. I, but I think he's still the kind of person who, like, wants to make things better mm-hmm. in what is his version of better. Yeah. And, like, still has a place where, like, he cares about people. Yeah. And cares about the country. And I literally think if Trump is elected president and has his way, which so far he has proven to be very good at getting his yeah. way. Uh, like, I, I hate that this analogy comes up, but like Nazi Germany. Yeah. Like we will have internment camps. We will have it. I like, I think a genocide is likely if Trump becomes the president. Yeah. Uh, I'm just sad. <laughs> Cause I don't disagree. Like that's like if, if we elect Trump, like, not not even Muslims. Arabs in America will experience a genocide. The right, like, don't do you think that's a possibility? It is. That seems very. I likely. do. Like, I'm I'm probably in denial about some of this because I want, like, my dream scenario again, which is which is, as you point out, a terrible solution mm-hmm. is if Trump gets elected, which is less likely. Like the. All of the polling shows that Hillary has a better chance of winning. I don't trust it. Not enough of a chance of winning, but a better chance of winning. Sure. And I don't really like Hillary Clinton a lot. Like that's I'm like, but again, like you know, if if Trump is you know at a hundred, Mike Pence is at a ninety-five, Hillary's at like a seventy. She's like a. In terms of things I hate. <laughs> well, what kind of zoo animal on the loose is she? Um, like, she can do bad stuff, but she's not, like... I'm going to go with hippopotamus. Oh. oh. Okay. Like, if you don't muss with it, you won't die. Like, if you know how to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. But can still be very dangerous. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird analogy. Okay. I'm with you. Um, but, like, the the dream for me, if Trump gets elected... Is that he just quits? Because I don't know that he actually wants to be president. Yes, he does. No, I think he wants to win the presidential election, and I think that's different. But then, if he quits, what does he do? He just goes. Who cares? No, Trump wants to win the election because he wants whatever he perceives as power. Like he won't walk away from it. I, sure, I would love if you did. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I, but I think that's fairly wishful thinking. Yeah, and maybe, maybe, in effect, that could happen if he actually gives like all policy making power to Mike Pence to, to his vice. But yeah, I don't know. We're all going to die. I hope the Secret Service or the FBI doesn't listen to this because <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I have regular fantasies about how to assassinate Donald Trump. There was a there was a uh, book written about that assassinating people. Well, no, um, it was a weird book. Uh, this is an author who I like, and I can't remember his name, but he he got famous for writing a book called The Mezzanine. Okay, uh, which is a, a short novel, like sub two hundred pages, about a guy's trip on an escalator, like from walking into the lobby going up to the mezzanine floor of a building. A whole book. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which is impressive. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and the book has tons of d- 
diversions and lots of stream of consciousness and sort right. of thoughts about like what's going on in his life and is about sort of the minutiae of daily life in a really interesting and beautiful way. Yeah. Um, you know, like he, the guy uh, bought a can of Coke and some shoelaces because one broke. Mm-hmm. And so like there's this whole diversion about straws and cans of Coke and how they used to be paper and they would sink to the bottom but now they're plastic, the bubbles rise them up. Like this, <laughs> this like detailed minutiae. Right. Or That's like... Funny. Um, how one shoelace tends to break before the other, is, you know, but the amount of stress put on them is the same theoretically. Mm-hmm. Or um, about like brown paper bags that you put your purchases in. Like when he bought these two things, like they they were put in a bag, and like a, like these sort huh. of like little bitty tiny diversions that go into like footnotes and monologues and things like that. And it's really it's an interesting book. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Um, and he's written a number of books kind of in that frame. Um, he wrote one called Vox that was about a um, – I haven't read these. I've only read them as a name. Um, it was about a woman who was a phone sex worker. Okay. And, and in, a, in my understanding, it is sort of similar sort of minutia-driven sort of perspective. Another one was about a guy who gets up and, in the morning and just thinks for 30 minutes before his, the rest of his family gets up and, like, smokes a pipe. Hmm. And it's about, like, his thoughts. And this was back in – it was at least it was about 10 years ago 10 to 12 years ago because uh-huh. uh, bush was president it was towards the end of his term and people hated bush um mm-hmm. and wow if we could go back to the bush years what would that be like doesn't that like <laughs> like bush was so bad but doesn't that sound great like um, the potential for a presidency like bush's yeah. like sounds so comforting <laughs> weird how things have changed it's also super interesting that neither bush will endorse trump yeah yeah like that's telling but uh so this this author wrote a book i want to say it's called bullseye uh, everyone listening i'm gonna go look at these things and tell me i'm completely wrong uh follow us on twitter at uh unprepped is our at handle but uh the the book he wrote which again i think was called bullseye was a dialogue between two men one of whom was discussing how he was going to kill President Bush. Hmm. Um, in very silly and elaborate ways. Okay. Like, uh, he had a remote-controlled boulder that he was going to <laughs> use to crush the president. Like, like that sort of style? Like that sort of stuff. And so, like, intentionally absurd, but very much dealing with, like, the author's, like, frustrations with America and yeah. the president at that time. And, and it was really fascinating. Yeah. I didn't read it, but I, I read the opening <laughs> passages. I know it was it was... Between the time I was 16 and 18, because I worked at Barnes & Noble when it came out. And that's how I knew about it. Ah. Uh, but. So, you're probably not alone in, in thinking about. I, but, like, I honestly yeah. can't think of a. Starting from where we are today. Yeah. I can't think of a more ideal outcome than he's just assassinated. Because I don't even want. I don't even want to go through with the general election. Yeah. Even. I, like, him losing is still pretty bad because then it upsets his contingent. But the contingent's the problem. Right. Trump's not the problem. Trump is a symptom. But Trump's the symptom that could win the White House and then cause World War Four. Like, no one who likes Trump has the ability to really do anything that harmful outside of, like... Getting mad and killing another person, which is bad. But Trump can get mad and launch a nuke. 
You know what I mean? I do. Like, I'm just sad. I'm very sad. But like, I'm terrified and scared. You know what I'm terrified of? What? The fact that we're like an hour three or four of this recording. And we're and just... So this is, well, this is going to come out in like four to six weeks. Right. And what will the world be like then? Oh, boy. Yeah, if you're listening to this and you're thinking like, oh, they're so cute. They're just worried that Trump might cause a genocide. Oh, times have changed. Yeah. Man, I wish we could go back to when everybody thought Trump running was a joke. Yeah, I would be okay with that. Hey, here's the 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 best outcome is mm-hmm. he loses by a lot. Yeah, and is like unequivocally put in his place. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he can he can be put in his place. Put in his place from the perception of the public. Okay. At least Trump will never feel as if he's been. Trump's put the in kind his of place. person who will lose and claim that's what he was trying to do the whole time. Right. That was his ultimate plan. Right. Like he will. He'll never. He's not capable of feeling put in his place. Yeah. Um, but his contingent could see a could, is still capable of seeing a failure. Mm-hmm. I think because nothing bad that he does is seen as bad by them. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is there's people there. The people, not all, who are voting for Trump cannot be swayed to vote elsewhere any other way. Right. Like that's that seems to be like the thing that they say. Right. Like I've heard them say that. Yeah. And to be like, I guess to be fair, nothing can sway me to vote for Trump instead of Hillary. Yeah. Like, I'm in the same boat, except I don't have reason. Like, from my, you know, from from my moral standpoint and all that stuff, like, I don't. Hillary hasn't done anything catastrophically wrong or doesn't have catastrophically negative opinions that would force me to vote for literally anybody else but her. Like, there's bad things about Hillary. That's fine. She's still the better choice. But, like. Yeah. Like, I get hating Hillary. Mm-hmm. I really do. But Trump has behavior and ideas that that have force you to say, I will vote for anybody but Trump. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. I, and, they, and they won't. A thing I want to do, and I don't know if I can do it successfully or not, and that's where I kind of struggle, is I know people who uh, support Trump. You know people who support Trump because mm-hmm. I know the people that you know who support Trump. <laughs> yeah, um, like part of me wants to like sit down and grab a beer and see if I can figure out what's going on. Okay. Yes. Yes. Like I, I do. Like, and that's I know that we talked about this kind of before. We're talking about like allyship and sort of this this binary discourse that exists. Right. But like, part of me, like, I want, and not in like the cut for TV, like soundbite driven way. Like, not like I a want, debate. No. Yeah. Like I want to sit down with somebody who who is who is going to vote for Trump and cannot be swayed otherwise mm-hmm. and try and talk to each other like people mm-hmm. and figure out where their head is at and where and, and and in the same way and have them look at me and go like how could you not possibly vote for Trump? Right. And like understand that and be willing to like try and talk about it. And not necessarily even in a rational way, but in like in an honest way. Right. Where it doesn't, where we're, it's not about being right. Right. And like, I've, I've almost like texted someone and be like, hey, can we meet and have a beer and talk about this thing? (laughs) 
Like, I'm not going to do that, but part of me wants to. Yeah. Uh, so, oh my gosh. Uh, so doing that, have, being, like, table stakes for that conversation, conversation to exist mm-hmm. is each party being capable of empathy. Yeah. Right? One of the things that concerns me about Trump and his supporters is that a lot of them seem to not be. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, there aren't literally tens of millions of psychopaths yeah. in America. Yeah. They're not psychopaths. They are capable of empathy. Yeah. It seems to be this kind of, like, categorically filtered empathy mm-hmm. where, like, certain things happen, like... like well, it's the, the the othering of people. They, I think is a big part they, of it. They pers- when you when you say the when you say the words "Black Lives Matter" to them, mm-hmm. something about that issue is framed and known in their mind in a way where they're incapable of feeling empathy towards black people. Mm-hmm. Like all they perceive about that issue existing is like an attack on them and their values. Mm-hmm. I would love to sit down and explain to somebody that that's not what it is, mm-hmm. but they need to be able to have empathy towards me to hear and understand my position, yeah. right? And I also need to be able to hear and have empathy towards them about why they are terrified of Syrian refugees coming in mm-hmm. and raping and murdering people and mm-hmm. bombing stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, it is genuinely hard for me to have empathy when someone tells me that, like, we should deport Muslims, but there's something where that's coming from that is Mm -hmm. understandable yeah you know what i mean but what you said like sitting down and having a beer with someone and talking about it like that's that's so necessary and it doesn't ever happen Mm -hmm. because all this discourse happens like indirectly through media Mm -hmm. or directly over the internet yeah well, and the internet's a terrible place to have these conversations. Right. And the media can't present something in a way where you can, like, empathize with it. Or dialogue else. with it. <laughs> right. Like, you're yeah. not interacting with it. Yeah. If you get a chance, uh, this reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you watch The Daily Show. Uh, I have. I, I've i been watching it. Uh, this week, they're actually covering the, the DNC or the RNC. Uh-huh. Next week, I'm sure they're going to do the DNC. But um, there was an amazing interview that Trevor Noah did with the former chair of the Republican Party, uh-huh. whose name I don't remember. Um, <laughs> just going to be honest. That's fine. Uh, but, but who, who is uh, that relatively rare person, a black Republican? Oh, they were um, the chair? Yeah. Oh, former wow. Chair. Yeah. And, he, and the thing that was fascinating was he and Trevor Noah said, and they – like, as you're watching the Daily Show interviews, they're always, like, four minutes long and cut to hell. Right. Um, and they're like, watch the whole thing online. Right. But instead of saying, watch the whole thing online, the banner that came up and flashed and, like, literally flashed on screen repeatedly said, you need to watch this entire interview online. <laughs> uh, and so I did. And so I went and watched it. And it was. It was a 15-minute long interview uh, that was really interesting because it was, it was from this guy who was the former chair of the Republican Party who's who's – been seeing where things have been going and and was struggling sort of with this idea that we've we've severed the right from the left yes there, absolutely. and and particularly in congress he was talking about there is no cross-party communication mm-hmm. and he's like but that's how you get things done is you have to work across the aisle that's how it's meant to work yeah um and he actually told a story of um uh when he was, when he was the chair of the rnc 
um, going to different candidates in various like Senate races and things like that, mm-hmm. and talking to them and you know figuring out their platform, figuring out who to give money to and you know who to back, uh, that sort of stuff. And he was talking to one of the senators or the hopefuls, um, and at the time Harry Reid was the, uh, the majority leader, mm-hmm. uh, who was a Democrat. Uh, and he said, and he was like, okay, what are you going to do? You know, if you get into Congress, like I'm going to do this, this, and this, and this. Okay, well, how are you going to like? That's great, but how are you going to get like Harry Reid to agree to any of that? And he goes, well, I'm not going to Congress to work with Democrats. And he's like, but that's exactly what you should be doing. Who do you think's in Congress? There's a bunch of Democrats there. Yeah, <laughs> like, and and he goes, and we ended up not backing him, like because that that was the problem. Yeah, but that's that's so long become the problem right this this unwillingness to hear the other side and and i mean i think lack of empathy is certainly a good way to look at it and like i i want to find the the trump supporter who's empathetic to my side and wants to hear what i have to say and doesn't immediately think they know everything about what i think right so that i can do the same in the other direction yeah and it's something i struggle with is like feeling desperate for wanting that from somebody Mm -hmm. like like there's no trump supporters who could possibly empathize with me and understand me but like i struggle super hard with like feeling like i could be capable of empathizing Mm -hmm. with them yeah like it's the same on both sides except i think their side will destroy the world (laughs) and well and and i wonder being empathetic do trump supporters as as a category think that honestly think that Hillary Clinton and or the Democratic Party could destroy the world. I do. Yeah, I'm sure that's what they think. They think like they already think that Obama has. I guess we have different. I mean, but that's the thing. Like I come to different levels of like, okay, what does destroying the world mean? Right. I think Obama has done enormous amounts of good. Like because when I when I say destroy the world, I mean nuke some people. Sure. I think. But yeah. here's yeah. here's here's the deal. Uh, your stereotypical Trump supporter would rather the world be nuked than more progressive policies put in place. Yeah, maybe, or at least like that's what they'll scream. Like, yeah, that's their gut reaction to yeah. something. If they maybe if they sit down and consider it, mm-hmm. they'll realize maybe I don't want the world to be nuked because that would be bad for me and my family and all that stuff but like just the very idea of like the gays doing their gay stuff Mm -hmm. like is terrifying i watched uh louis ck's bit about gay marriage from 2006 Uh which was outrageous that it was from 2006 i don't remember this but i'm sure i've seen it it's it's a great bit it's on youtube you can look it up later but uh so it was weird to me that it was from that long ago that it was a thing about gay marriage. Yeah. But it was like, I don't understand like what the argument is on the other side against gay marriage because it, it doesn't affect you. Like, I mean, these are all like honest things, you know, he's like, it's not like, uh, I don't know the, the analogy uses were funny, but you know, it's not, you know, you're not mowing the lawn. There's two guys blowing each other in the middle of your yard. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that would be a problem. But I mean, like, yeah, I, I, I also would not like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you got to mow around them. That's a hassle. <laughs> Every day they're out here. Um, <laughs> um, that was one of the ones he used, but uh, but you know it's that sort of mindset of like you get like gay marriage. They you know oh it's the downfall of society. 
Mm-hmm. But it, but in my mind, I'm like, it doesn't it doesn't affect you. Like, how does it how yeah. does it impact you? Um, yeah. And like and so, but but and so, it's like the downfall of society to me is different than the end of the world. And I don't, I, I don't make the connection between what they see or what they fear, and the end of the world. Another example being transgender folks using the bathroom of their choice, right? Uh, which is which is a trumped up, so to speak, like problem. Like it's not a real problem. At all. Everything was literally going fine until <laughs> a couple months ago. Yeah. I mean, now it's a huge problem. Yeah. Like, trans people have been using the bathroom of their choice forever. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. They've always done it. You just haven't noticed. Uh, and, like, so, but those sorts of things like, oh, this is, this is going to be the downfall of our society or people are going to get hurt. Right. And, like, I don't... I can't make the connection between someone's peeing in a room where I don't want them to pee and people actually getting hurt. Right. Like those, the, there's that disconnect. But imagine, so like I'll play their advocate. Like yeah. Imagine, I agree with you, but imagine a situation, imagine their perspective where, you know, tomorrow it's, People can pee where they want, and I don't like that. Uh-huh. And yesterday it was gay people can marry, uh-huh. and before that it was like black, miscegenation. Black people have rights. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's been, it's been like the arc of the world is progressive. Mm-hmm. Like you cannot stop that. Wait a misquote. Uh, almost said LBJ. Whatever. <laughs> I wasn't trying. I wasn't trying to quote. MLK. Yeah, LBJ yeah. definitely said that one. Yeah. I, w- I was. I wasn't quoting Martin Luther King. I was quoting LBJ. <laughs> Look it up. It's not true. LBJ also took his penis out a lot. <laughs> Just throwing that out there because I think more people need to know it. I mean, he would he would take his penis out and show it to reporters. In the White House? Yeah. That's bad. It is. It's sexual assault is really what it is. That's true. Is he the... Okay, hold on. Um, <laughs> we'll get back. But like, it's been... For years, it's been one little thing after mm-hmm. another and regardless of whether or not they have a right to feel like they're losing rights or being encroached or mm-hmm. their world is falling apart like they do and it has not ceased it's been a constant thing of whatever they feel can be assaulted has been assaulted yeah so like that must that must feel so desperate so when like someone like Trump shows up representing stopping all of this mm-hmm. like cling to it yeah yeah so you mentioned um like sitting down and having a beer with somebody yeah i got so excited about that because even if you're doing like even if you're doing a daily show interview yeah right like because it's a daily show interview like the power is skewed to the liberal side because Mm -hmm. it's a liberal show like even if you do say like hey we're just gonna sit down and chat we're just yeah. gonna get to know each other. You know what I mean? Like Which is kinda of what happened in the RNC one. Like they like they like Trevor Noah was very clear, he's like, I'm just trying to have a conversation. Like yeah. I'm not trying to bait you. I'm not trying to win. But you still can't help but feel threatened in that situation mm-hmm. if you're a conservative because you're in the an environment where yeah. you're not in power. Yeah. Um, being interviewed for a liberal show. Mm-hmm. But like if you just sit down and have a beer with somebody, like you go to a bar to hang out with somebody, like it's a neutral situation. Yeah. Even if you're not 
doing that with the intent of discussing politics and discussing your disagreements, like that's how you make people care about each other. Yeah. Um, I only saw it in passing, so I wish I had more detail, but I saw something where, um, I forget which city it was, some city where there's been bad conflict between police and the black community. Okay. Um, like the police threw a barbecue mm-hmm. for uh, the community, like for the community and like the black lives matter activists went and the police went and like nothing. The the only thing that was supposed to happen was we're going to have a barbecue. We're going to hang out. Yeah. Like yeah, that's called community building. It's what the police should be doing. <laughs> yes. Yes. But like that extends to so many different areas where like, yeah. like food and drink are the great unifiers of the world. Like we you all can, like food. Like you can just sit down with somebody and have something to eat or something to drink with them, and everything can be cool. Yeah. And even if you don't talk about what your disagreements are, it makes you respect and like a person. Yeah. And then when you do have disagreements, you're capable of empathizing with them. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, it's. There's a lot of symbology in breaking bread with someone. Right. But like, I don't. I rarely interact outside of work, I guess, mm-hmm. and outside of a professional capacity with people who I have, like, huge ideological differences with. Yeah. Which means I'm not good at empathizing with them. Yeah. And they're not good at empathizing with me. But, like, I usually hate hanging out with people like that because we disagree and it's unpleasant. You know what's interesting is that, I mean, you know, looking back at my own, my own history, the time when I worked or interacted the most with, with people who I did have ideological differences with... Uh, was college. Uh-huh. I did a lot of that in college. I interacted with a lot of folks who had different opinions than me on, in varying directions, like all sorts of different folk. I, that's kind of what college does. You end up in rooms with people who you disagree with. You can't help it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what's fascinating is because of that, I was able to clarify and become stronger or change my views mm-hmm. because of that interaction some cases i would say no i actually believe this more now like I, I you know having a discussion i've become more strong in this direction or the opposite was true is you know what i've thought about it a lot and because i respect you as a person you know maybe you're right maybe you think more of these things yeah and i mean my roommate in uh my senior year of college uh sorry I'm not. I'm not doing this because I forgot his name. I'm doing this because he passed away a couple years ago. Oh, um, about a year ago. Uh, but a very good friend of mine, uh, and who was my roommate in my senior year, uh, we were on basically opposite ends of the political spectrum. Really? Yeah. Uh, I was super conservative, and he was very, very liberal. Uh-huh. Um, and we would have, because we were friends first, we would have in our living room long, drawn out discussions about politics. And this was like when Obama was running the first time. This was you know 2008. Yeah. And. Neither of us in that moment changed our minds, uh-huh. but we impacted each other. It, like, primes you for... And and years later, we were talking on the phone once, and he said, you know, I'm more conservative than I used to be, and I think it's part of because of what we talked about. I go, well, I'm more liberal than I used to be, and I think it's part of because we talked about. It's yeah. because we were willing to challenge each other and listen and discuss in a non-threatening environment. Yeah, you're capable of seeing, like, like there's these views I really, really disagree with. Mm-hmm. But if all they are are views you really, really disagree with, they can't challenge you. Yeah. But if there's views you really, really disagree with that are 
held by someone you care about, yeah, it validates them. Absolutely. And you can continue you can continue to disagree with them but understand them better. Yeah. Or because they're validated, they can the views themselves can start to like gain credibility. You yeah. know what I mean? I um like such a such a dumb, simple and embarrassing example of this is like I grew up as a like very conservative evangelical Christian mm-hmm. who thought being gay was bad. Yeah. Right? Like that's pretty common. Being gay being gay was a bad thing. Yeah. Because the Bible says it's a bad thing. And mm-hmm. there's the, the culture is completely soaked in talking about and yeah. hating gay people. Uh, fun side note, my uh, family church uh-huh. uh, that I grew up in, like I literally grew up in this same church building, yeah. um, had a massive falling out as a whole over uh, homosexuality. Really? Yeah, because the um, the ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, the, the largest church governing body, uh-huh. uh, basically came out and said, it's probably okay if there's gay people. Like, it's probably cool. And then the which is Which is super, like, like moderate in terms of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, gay people are okay is a very moderate view. And yeah. very controversial in a church. And, very contro- and our church split over it. Wow. Um, and yeah. so, yeah. But, yeah, sorry, to continue your story. Your story. Um. So I felt that way until, you know, like, and as I went, as I went through high school, I started to, without any real, like, challenge or prompting, just become much more neutral about it. Mm-hmm. Like, by the time I went to college, my view was like, well, yeah, being gay is bad because the Bible says it is. But, like, gay people are fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, gay people are probably okay. Like, I have known gay people and interacted with them, and they weren't bad. Yeah. But the thing they do is still bad. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that was kind of where my views were. Love the sinner, hate the sin transition. Yes, exactly. That that problematic phrase. And then, oh boy. Um, and then I went to college, and I became very good friends with someone who was gay, mm-hmm. um, or someone who was gay. Yeah. And like hung out all the time. We worked together. Spent tons and tons of time together, and it was fine. And I still mostly like held on to my like. I love this person and they're a dear friend of mine, mm-hmm. but I, I think being gay is still when you have to make a decision of yeah. good or bad, like it's still technically bad. Yeah. Right. And then I remember like he confronted me about it one time cause he knew, he knew I was a Christian. We never yeah. like really talked about it, but he knew I was a Christian and he confronted me one time and he was like, do you think me being gay is bad? Mm-hmm. And like we had that conversation yeah. and I like worked it out like in yeah. my head and like kind of told him how I felt and still told him like I guess I think it is still technically wrong but I don't get why and like that totally primed the way mm-hmm. for me like in like the months yeah. and years afterwards to be like holy shit like being gay is totally fine yeah well like, and that's, and, that's... <sighs> and being and being capable of like mm-hmm. uh, be that made me capable of understanding that like going further and realizing like being gay is not a choice and mm-hmm. it's like you know, people commit suicide out of shame and like all these horrible things that happen because of what we do yeah. to gay people. Yeah. But knowing one and caring about them, like totally paved the way for well, me that, to that's, change. That's that's what happens, right? Um, so, uh, and 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 there's a ton of both anecdotal and I'm sure like more scientific evidence that like knowing somebody from one of these marginalized groups increases your empathy towards those groups absolutely um and and a very clear example uh from my own life is uh my sister 
had uh, a very good friend growing up mm-hmm. who, a little over a year ago, uh, came out as a transgender man. Okay. Uh, and, you know, told his story on YouTube because he's YouTube famous. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, which was sort of unexpected. And we've always sort of been, like, aware of the fact that he, like, was on YouTube and had, like, followers and is not... Is not like John Green famous, but has been in a video with John Green. Hmm. Like one of the, or Hank Green. I can never tell them apart. I think it was Hank. Doesn't matter. One of the vlog brothers. <laughs> I'm so not in, I'm not a part of the YouTube culture. Neither am I. Um, but, like, is YouTube famous enough to have had one of the Green brothers on his show? And they came out in a video on YouTube? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Move. Uh, the video's called Coming Out, and it's, it's an impressive, it's an impressive video. Uh, Eddie Redmayne mentioned it when he was talking about playing a trans woman. Wow. Um, although Eddie, Eddie Redmayne playing a trans woman has got its own problems. Yeah. Yes, it does. It's got, you got, you got problems he, there. But, he's um, not a trans woman. He's that's, not. That's the problem. That's the problem. You're Sum, correct. Summed up for you, <laughs> listeners. Thanks for taking care of that. Um, but it, it prompted some conversations with my mom, who, who grew up knowing this guy, uh, who at the time was a closeted trans person and probably didn't even fully understand what that meant or knew the words for that because we didn't have the words for that. Right. And not having the language for things shapes our perception, shapes our reality. Um, but had you asked me 10 years ago if I expected my mother to be, you know, cool with a trans person, I don't know if that would have been the case. But because it was somebody who my mom has known right. since, I mean, for, for decades. Right. Uh, I'm mean, like we're not in regular contact with him that often, but like I'm pretty sure he spent the night at our house, like at some point in time. Use your bathroom. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Funny part, he was also in a show because um, he's a YouTube he's YouTube famous. Uh, he was in a YouTube show called um, "It's Like Talking to Trans People in Bathrooms" is the name of the show. <laughs> and it is literally like is it's it like, like a talk show, show in interview show in a bathroom. Um, and they have little inner snippets about what people trans people do in the bathroom, and it's like dance. That's really or, fun. Or um, he's he's also a Harry Potter activist, and so like they get Harry Potter references, things or drink a beer, and like these sorts of things. Um, quickly, yeah, I'm going to solve the public bathroom conundrum for everybody. Thanks, regardless of your feelings about you know gender identity mm-hmm. or sex or whatever yeah. organs, none of it matters. You have bathrooms for sitting. You have bathrooms for standing. You go through a door that says sit. There's stalls in there for sitting. You go through a different door for stand, and there's a bunch of urinals. That's all you need a bathroom to be. That's what public bathrooms should be. you need urinals? You don't need them, but they are convenient. <laughs> it's just what, you, just what a man solved, would say. Solved the problem. Uh, speaking of my work is having a – is hosting a uh, – LGBTQ plus teen coding summer camp. Cool. Yeah. That's great. Um, and apparently the camp is, it's, it's an organization that doesn't, they move from, they jump to a bunch of different businesses and sort of like get to know what they're doing, but they're also doing coding the whole time and building a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it starts tomorrow. And we got an email about it today and the email made me kind of mad <laughs> in a weird way. Because um, it was it was very good hearted, but it was like, eh. um, <laughs> a little weird. Because it had it had a couple like things to be aware of, like hey, these are a bunch of potentially LGBTQA 
etc. Uh-huh. Teens, not all of them are, so don't assume. Um, and then it said, gender identity is very important to these people, so don't use any pronouns around them. <laughs> and I'm like, that's that's not the way you do that. I'm laughing because not using any pronouns is grammatically impossible. <laughs> it's like, no, that's that's not no. You, I mean, if you don't know somebody's pronouns, you can ask, like, hey, what are your pronouns? Yeah. Or go one step further, and when you introduce yourself, say, like, hey, I'm Kevin. My pronouns are he, him, and his. Yeah. And then they know that's that's a, a signal, like, oh, he knows what's up with this. You're offering yours. They can offer theirs. Yeah. yeah. And if they choose not to, that's cool, too. I just like the idea that. But the that answer was, like, don't use pronouns. I just like the idea that all pronouns are banned. Like, the entire <laughs> The entire yeah. part of speech is banned. And, like, it comes from a very good place of, yeah. like, trying to be protective and safe, and that's very good. Yeah. But, like, just don't use pronouns around them. <laughs> that's... But be super welcoming and nice and say hi to them. Right. Um, and also, one of our bathrooms is now a gender-neutral bathroom while the camp is going on. Nice. But I'm like, well, that's cool. But I'm also like, well, can't they just use the bathroom they want to use? Yeah. Can't they just use whatever bathroom? Yeah. Like that's again the correct answer is use the bathroom. Right. Like, we don't need to have one specific gender neutral bathroom. There are bathrooms. Pick one. Yeah. <laughs> it's so easy. <laughs> so uh, that was again. I love my job. I love that we're doing things like this. We're also hosting Girls Who Code. We've been hosting them for the last two weeks. Awesome. Uh, which is again getting more young women into computer science and graphing or graphing. <laughs> yeah, graphing. You're into graphing. I'm going to start Girls Who Graph, which is going to be a bunch of girls and a bunch of graph paper and, yeah, and rulers. And... So, uh, but it was just, it was sort of like one of those really funny, like, like you're trying, but let's try a little harder. Right. Get, an, get one more person to copy it. Yeah. Just, just run this by them and ask, yes. like, hey, is this cool? That's exactly, that's exactly the thing. Because is it is a is it possible for a trans person to write that sentence? Probably not. I mean, they probably could have the ability to write it, but they're probably sure. not going to write. Don't use any pronouns, right? Like, th- but that is such like a a really really deep point is like don't speak for people. Yeah, if you're not part of them or unless you're given explicit permission to. Like, yeah, like if you're going to write a thing that's advocating for them, like at least let them do it or let or run it by them yeah let them have a say in let the draft one trans person look at this yeah. Yeah, you have some because they're coming to the camp <laughs> <laughs> probably very willing yeah oh my god we might have trans people that work for us i wouldn't know <laughs> can you know can you is that a thing that you're allowed to you're not allowed to ask to ask yeah no well okay here's the thing you probably can't ask because it's not a protected class Oh, right. It's not still. So you probably can ask. You don't have to answer. Uh, Texas is still one of the states where you can be oh, absolutely. fired for that mm-hmm. and being gay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Well, Texas is technically a right-to-work state, so you can be fired for anything. That's true. Like, that's that's the, the reasoning behind that. Right. But no, uh, being being queer or trans... Is not a protected class in Texas. Um, speaking of this uh, group of categories, mm-hmm. uh, what is the currently accepted acronym? How well, many letters um, are in this? So, for a long time, I've pushed for quilt bag, which was used for a while. 
What? <laughs> it's a word. So it's, it's a true acronym, not an initialism. But Q-U-I-L-T-B-A-G covers every category that I've discovered. And it's, it's like you can find it on Urban Dictionary. I didn't just make it up. Hold on. Quilt bag. Yeah. Q-U is queer? Well, so there's queer. Okay, queer. Um, U is, I think, unsure. Or U is different. So Q is one. So okay. queer. Queer and questioning are both under the Q because you can have both of those. Questioning. I wasn't aware of yeah, that. Yeah, questioning is a good one. I, I, hold on. I want to try to guess this. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to pull it up okay. and uh, see what we can find. Yeah, I don't know I don't know what you could be. Uh I is intersex? Uh that's one of them. Yeah, intersex. Uh, L is lesbian. Mm-hmm. Uh T is trans. Mm-hmm. B is bisexual. Mm-hmm. A is asexual. Mm-hmm. Also mm-hmm. allies. Allies and G is gay. Yep. That's quite the acronym that's so good it's a great acronym. and then you can have like you have like a big you got a parade and everybody has a quilt or you make a big quilt for a thing or you have an organization and everybody is like snuggled up in quilts all the time yeah queer questioning undecided intersex lesbian trans bisexual asexual gay gender queer is also possible for the g um yeah asexual allies also um undecided is an interesting word to use there yeah because undecided it's tricky implies a choice is being made i i would probably prefer unknown unknown feels better like someone who's not sure because i think that's unsure is unknown is i think unknown is best because undecided is like i'm still weighing the options which is not how it works i know someone on twitter uh, who i knew in college Mm -hmm. um who has uh on I'm, i'm struggling with pronouns here uh, on their Twitter profile, uh-huh. have stated they use the t- they them pronouns. Okay, um, but it's but like I've watched their Twitter Twitter bio change, and they've made comments about this kind of as they've changed it, uh, and it says like they them still figuring this out. <laughs> yeah, that's clear. that's cute uh, because they've used uh, like they've talked about like not being sure where they fit right. And, like, almost being gender agnostic, if that was a thing. Uh, okay. It's a whole other it is. world opening it up is. in my brain. But... The of gender agnosticism. Yeah. Uh, and so, and it's sort of interesting... Uh, huh. Gender agnosticism. Mm-hmm. The idea that you can't know your gender... Or, or, or it, you, you don't fit, you know, you're not, you right. don't care about it. Right. You don't care to know. Yeah. You're not worried about your gender. You're not focusing on your gender. This is also weird for someone who's just like, cis straight white dude. Mm-hmm. Like, no. Yeah. You got the easy setting. Like, yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like no, uh, like mm-hmm. no questioning or weird feelings about it. Yeah. Well, and, and that's. I mean, like, that's just lucky like, because yeah, like, that, that society is set up to be ready for you. Right. Like, <laughs> you I, just ended up that I just way. just fit perfectly in the hole yeah. just waiting for me. Yeah. Which is, yeah, nothing but luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and incredibly boring in the best of ways. <laughs> in that you, are, you have the most chance for success in life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, incredibly boring, like, personally, for someone who doesn't have anything to, like, mm-hmm figure out yeah yeah uh but like as i've i feel like 
my lifespan is like really well timed for all of this stuff to be part mm-hmm. of the social discourse like born in 1989 and as I'm reaching adulthood like uh, like gays and lesbians started to like become generally accepted mm-hmm. by the majority of the public and now in my mid-20s like the issue of transgender people is becoming more and more to the forefront and yeah. like like so I got to do my whole like adolescence and growing <laughs> up and like becoming an adult yeah and being like oh yeah society tells me I'm a straight white cis dude yeah totally mm-hmm. absolutely feel that no, <laughs> no problems here but also at the same time continually being exposed step by step to mm-hmm. all the other things and yeah. possibilities that are out there but without the boring part is without ever being challenged by them personally yeah. you know what i mean yeah but so it's, it's an interesting journey to like yeah. slowly grow in awareness to all these other other worlds s- speaking to that i've i read an essay this was a gotta be more than a year ago i wish i could find it again um it was really interesting it was an essay by a trans man okay. about gaining privilege as he transitioned. Like privilege as a man instead of a woman? Yeah. Huh. Um, and being taken more seriously. Oh. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I guess that's one of the perks. I mean, well, yeah, it is. But Join it's... the club, people who are men. Yeah. Transition and you'll get all the fun benefits. No, I mean, hopefully. But hopefully yeah. not. Of course, there's, there's a great story... Um, uh, this was told to me when I was in grad school. Um, a friend of a friend was a trans woman uh-huh. um, and had transitioned while being an academic, which is very difficult. Okay. Uh, because your name is very important when you're an academic. Oh, right. Um, being on papers and all of this sort of stuff. If you if your name changed, then it's like starting over yeah. reputation wise. A little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is one of the myriad of reasons that if Amy and I ever got married, she wouldn't change her name um, because she's developed a career and is developing a career as Amy and would keep that. Yeah, and makes sense. She probably cut her last name from that. And yeah, okay. I think I said my last name earlier too. Probably cut that. Sure. <laughs> Just in case. No last names. Yeah. Um, but she's developed a career under her name and would keep that. But so we, a friend of mine knew this trans woman who told a story uh, about presenting a paper at a conference in her field post transition and overhearing someone talking about her saying, oh, that was a good paper, but I think uh, her brother is a better scholar. Meaning, not her brother, but her under the previous name. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's so sad. Yeah. That's so depressing. Yeah. They're... (laughs) The only, like... I'm, I'm good at playing devil's advocate. Yeah. Like, the only... The only saving in that situation is, like, she's using a, a male name later in her career, so maybe she was better than... Well, no, she's using, she's using a male name earlier in her career. Oh, sorry. Okay, never mind. No. Never yeah. mind. Nope, totally wrong. <laughs> I got that mixed up. Okay, yeah, the guy's totally full of shit. Yeah. Maybe one day women will be equal. I would be okay with isn't that. It, and isn't, isn't that the sad thing? Like, 
the social justice has gone very far and become very mm-hmm. specific in the issues that it is yeah. bringing to light and tackling. Mm-hmm. Um, but even like the most, even like the simplest and first one of men versus women, yeah. still not solved. Still really bad. Yeah. Like, there's no more basic, or mm-hmm. as far as society of yeah before 10 years ago is concerned, there's no more basic categorization of people than man and women. And I mean, society has set it up so that there is no more basic categorization yes, of people. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but even in that false dichotomy, yes. we are... We were supposed to have solved it yeah. a century ago, and yeah. no, nope, well, not that's, even close. That's what's crazy. People think we have solved it, right? Men think we have solved it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's not entirely uh, exclusively true, <laughs> uh, because there are things like the Tumblr Women Against Feminism. Yeah, and and those and those are women who who I respect and like well. I try to respect, yeah, um, but who also I think don't necessarily have a full grasp on what feminism is, or right. but but there are also you know there are essentialists among them who you know who say well we are different and that's good and we should be different, uh, but there's there's a there's an essentialism there that is like there's something there's an essence to being a woman there's an essence to being a man, uh, which which is not true. Uh, it's it's a fluke of biology that doesn't even have that much of an impact right. on your personality or who you are as an impact on society and how they treat you, which is very different. Which then impacts your personality <laughs> yeah. and who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that idea of uh, that essentialism idea mm-hmm. is innocent in its source, probably. Uh, but yeah. boy, does that manifest itself in some very terrible effects. Yeah, very dangerous ways. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that is a, uh, unfortunately, like, biblically supported, mm-hmm. uh, but, like, very, very... Well, in certain readings of the Bible. Right. Yes. Uh, very um, easy argument to make to keep yeah. women out of power in the Oh, church, absolutely. Yeah. Which I, I see tons. Yeah. Like, it's, it's so bad. Well, like, as- the the yeah. um like i grew up in a couple of different churches and then when i got to choose the church i went to i mm-hmm. went to i went to this church with my friend and i like i love this church and i love the people there but they are um they're like the kind of conservative christian that doesn't have all the like really hateful views of the world mm-hmm. but the very biblically literal views yeah. still um and, like, they're led by a group of elders and not a, mm-hmm. a pastor. And, yeah. like, just straight up women are not allowed. Yeah. So this is the Church of Christ? <laughs> no. It, it no, is, it's not? Because that sounds exactly like them. But. Well, <laughs> most churches are like that. Yeah. It, well, no, I mean, no, the Church of Christ is as the the group. Yeah. The denomination. No, it, it was yeah. not a Church of Christ yeah. denomination church. Um, but, like, and, like, to be honest, like, there are absolutely women in that church who should be elders. Mm-hmm. Like, clearly like leaders in the church like yeah. more so than some of the men who are elders mm-hmm. and just can't do it yeah and they can't because it's not allowed they can't speak yeah. at church not they can speak they can't uh give sermons yeah they cannot they cannot uh, speak publicly in front of everybody right uh give a speech and like it's uh it's crazy making 
Yeah. Because and you're just we, like flipping a coin and saying, sorry, Tails, you can't do anything. Here's all the you benefits. Should, you shouldn't call them in Tails. Okay. That was unfortunate word choice of mine. <laughs> uh, have you super tangent have you ever read uh the uglies series no i don't know what that is okay it's a series of uh post-apocalyptic young adult fiction nice it's really good i, I really enjoyed it um but you used the phrase crazy making which is a phrase used in that book um among others but it's either that's that's a that's a phraseology that they use like crazy making or crazy making or happy making. Happy making. Yeah, never heard that one. Uh, I, I regret saying crazy making because uh, something that I'm start trying to be very aware of is using ableist language. Uh, That's a tough one. And I, it's tough. And at, like I've I've made a conscious decision a couple of weeks ago to be like, yeah. like pay attention, see if you say this. I yeah, say it, I say it all the time. Crazy things are insane or dumb. Dumb's a tough one. Oh yeah, even dumb. Most of our like acceptable insults are pretty ableist. Yeah. Yeah. I've even s- even lame. Yeah. Oh, lame's like, bad. Oh man, that's lame. Yeah. Nope. Man. Uh, Which words are left? Yeah. Hint, uh, pl- plenty of totally acceptable yeah, words. Just use those. Uh, ones. Just just uh, use. You're the AT and T of people. <laughs> what? If you want to insult somebody. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You are the AT&T of people. That's AT&Tist. You're the opposite of Batman. <laughs> uh, those are both from Community, by the way. Oh, man, that's so Robin of you. <laughs> I'm insulting you yeah. as if you were Robin, because yeah. I think Robin's dumb. You're worse than Broccoli. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> man, you really Britted that one. Yeah. <laughs> talk about the fact that like you went on a vacation nope right? or that i watched the iron giant oh my god <laughs> i kept waiting for no! you to bring it up <laughs> no we have to talk about the iron giant we can what? talk about the iron giant but if we do i have to go pee first what time is it it's nine, nine o'clock. o'clock i have to work first thing in the morning i don't have time to talk about the iron giant um okay <laughs> fuck i'm so mad <laughs> You sat there for three hours thinking, he's not going to talk about the Iron Giant. He's not I wonder if he's going to bring it up. Oh, my God. I almost brought it up a couple times, but I was like, no, he'll, he'll get you to it. You let me bring up Trump, and we talked for an hour about stupid politics. <laughs> well, now we have to go weekly so we can talk to each other sooner. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, yes, we're going to go weekly. Uh, we're going to... At least next week we're going to get together and we're going to record and we're going to talk about the okay. giant. <laughs> Did you watch the movies with Mikey video about it yeah. too? Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, that that one was probably his most popular. Uh, like it was it, most popular. It, it was his like, most impactful. Yeah, like it went. He, his his um, uh, I don't know in total views, but I know that the uh, the Scott Pilgrim one got retweeted by Edgar Wright. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, so that one was was huge, but oh my god. <laughs> this is why Okay, like we'll, we'll really talk about it next week, but I like I remember 
the like you told me you watched Iron Giant, uh-huh. and I watched the movies with Mikey thing, and he talked about the Orlando. Yeah, it was the oh, Orlando yeah. shooting yeah. in the episode, and like I had so many feelings and thoughts about all of it, and now they're all <laughs> coursing through my brain. And we recorded for three, three hours, hours and yeah. twelve minutes, and I'm gonna hit stop, <laughs> and we're gonna talk about this next week. God damn it! I'm leaving all this in. <laughs>